Tom Kearns with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Tommy, good afternoon. What are you guys doing? Just hanging out. Uh, uh, Radio show? Keith's, the breeze. Keith's getting gifts from yep. the Patriots yeah. for his uh, for uh, little Georgie. Yeah, got a little jersey. Excited about it. George, you got a jersey. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damian Harris. Uh, well, <laughs> no, it's oh a personalized Keith jersey. It Hi, is. Georgie. How do you like oh, that? Nice. Yeah. It mm-hmm. is uh, It is very well done by the uh, Patriots. Uh, Tommy, I know we're going to get into a lot of quarterback talk, but the uh, news dropped a little while ago. Looks like Damian Harris is going to be out a bit. What do you know? Well, that he's going to be out a bit. I mean, it's... <laughs> With a situation like that, you know, obviously it's good for the Patriots to be a two-headed running backs room and to have two guys who are able to carry the ball. Um, and that's certainly what they have had, you know, for many years with Bill Belichick at the helm. But with Ramondre Stevenson, I think a lot of people felt last year as if Ramondre Stevenson was the better back in some ways. And I think on Sunday, you know, Paris still has his, high points. He's a guy who ran for 15 touchdowns last year, but when you look at the production of the two, I think that Stevenson probably has a little more skill. Now, do you think they'd be comfortable with Stevenson getting multiple games of 20-plus carries? Because uh, last week against Detroit, 25 carries, but that was far and away a season high. Is that something they'd be comfortable doing, you think? Or are you looking to Pierre Strong or uh, some other running back to, to join the mix? I think absolutely they would feel comfortable with that he's a bigger guy Mm -hmm. you know pushing 230 the one thing i'd be concerned with is the amount of lateral movement that he employs in his running style if he gets tweaked hurts a groin hurts an ankle that doesn't even show up on the injury report he is so reliant on his escapability in addition to his his power that you don't want to see that reduced in any way um so you don't want to be a sitting duck. But, again, he's he's a strongly built running back. So whether it was LeGarrette Blunt or Corey Dillon or any, you know, Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, they don't hesitate to give the ball to a guy 20-odd times um, if they feel that's the best way to win. Who do you think is most likely to jump into the Damian Harris role or maybe to rephrase it a little bit, who will be the, kind of the next in line after Stevenson? How do you think they rebuild that running back depth as long as Harris is out? Well, strong, obviously. Then they have Kevin Harris on their practice squad. Ty Montgomery is not going to, as Bill Belichick alluded to earlier this week, come back immediately this week when the clock starts on him. And then you still have J.J. Taylor kicking around. So you have a number of guys who you can employ to take the, the carries away. And you can also look at other teams' practice squads to try and staff what you have. So, again, I I don't really, to me, put that as job one for this week, figuring out who the secondary running back will be to Ramondre Stevenson. What would you make of Bailey Zappi's overall performance? Because on the one hand, they win a convincing game, 29 nothing, never really in doubt, a couple of nice passes in there. You could also look at it and say, well, the offense scored one touchdown against one of the worst defenses the NFL has ever seen. So which side <laughs> are you kind of on when looking at Zappi in the offense? I'm on the side of you got a guy who obviously has limitations. And I know that going 17 for 21 for 188 and moving through his progressions, and as Jonathan Vilma pointed out during the telecast, being smart and poised and comfortable enough to move up in the pocket, which is something Jared Goff didn't do the entire day, but to move up in the pocket 
and make throws is all for the good. But I give a ton of credit to, you know, Matt Patricia and the game called. And I don't blame them for They weren't an offensive juggernaut in the red zone to begin with this year. And there's still a, as much credit as I, as I think that Patricia deserves. They still have a lot to iron out as to how they're going to be a team that succeeds in the red zone. So that's an ongoing situation. But so I don't lay that at Bailey's happy seat. I, I give it an unreserved. Uh, 91. How's that? A 91? Wow. A-minus. Nice. Look at that. Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston here with Gresham Keith. I know that when Bill, whenever it came up, I do believe it was in like 2016 or 18, whatever year it was that Brady got suspended, Bill Belichick was like, nope, it's Tom's job whenever he comes back. He was, Bill Belichick was just, I mean, Mac, or excuse me, uh, Cam Newton. He was never, it felt like he was never going to get taken out of the starting lineup. And when asked about it, I know on the Greg Hill show, Bill Belichick kind of left the door open and didn't say, hey, Mac is going to be the guy. Do you read anything too much into that? Maybe that Bill covets competition at every single position. And while he knows and you know and every fan who's a right-thinking fan understands that it will be Mac Jones' job when he comes back, to not say anything at all at least gives Mac the belief that maybe i got to be a little bit better when I get back. He kind of likes Zappy. I don't know if it's fire starting or if Bill just dismisses it so out of hand that you know, it shouldn't even be taken seriously. Think about the situation with Garoppolo and Brady in 2016. At that point, he was into his third year. Bill had lauded his performances, Garoppolo's, over the course of time. And, you know, I think there was a burgeoning conversation then about will Jimmy Garoppolo eventually succeed Tom Brady? I think Brady needed to hear that as much as anybody. And at that juncture in his career, Belichick said, all right, I'll throw him this bone, fine. But I don't know if Mac Jones earns that same bone being thrown to him in his second year. Now, with Nelson Aguilar, I know he got hurt as well, but you look at the wide receiver kind of pecking order right now. Could he have played his way out of snaps? Because it looks like they, they, Taquan Thornton made his debut. The other two or three guys seem to be a little bit more consistent. What do you make of the sort of the wide receiver depth chart right now? When we look at Aguilar, we can look at his summer, which was very good. We can look at his catch against Pittsburgh, which was outstanding. And we can also look at stuff all the way down the other end of the dial. Mm-hmm. You know, that pick was egregious. The fumble against Baltimore was egregious. The fumble against Miami. You know, I understand why it happened when he got absolutely blown up, but earlier in the game he wasn't that interested in going after a ball over the middle either, which who would be? But I think you start to look at it and say, despite the cap hit and the salary, let's see if we can get other guys who are more consistent because he's at both ends of the dial with his performance sometimes. Tom, um, there's been some people rumbling. Like, are the Patriots wide receiver core to a point to where if somebody gave you something for Aguilar, you're in a position to where you can flip him? Or do they still need to hoard all the assets they can? No, I think that would be awesome for them. They get right out from under his salary, which is huge. Um, and they'd be able to, you know, do something themselves if they wanted to make a move. Like, for instance, and Phil Perry was talking about this last night. I'd have to really investigate the numbers again. But Christian McCaffrey 
if, as a rental, as a running back, if he's on the block, go ahead and do it. I mean, his salary goes way up next year and his cap hits go way up and he's probably not a long-term answer and the Buffalo Bills are already intimating they'd be interested but if the Patriots are to make any moves to the trade deadline they're going to have to clear room to do it so if somebody wants to take out Nelson Aguilar um, that would be helpful. What have you thought of the last two weeks of Mac Jones at practice? And I know he's not doing much, and yet he's still out there. And nobody thinks he's really going to play. Two weeks ago, for sure. Even this week, you know, he's listed as doubtful, but we get the video of him kind of like hobbling around, throwing it. It just seems very odd for any player who's that hurt to be out there. What, do you, what What's your take on all that? Yeah, my understanding, too, is at least last week it would be stay out there for the media portion of practice and then immediately head down for rehab. So it was just completely a dog and pony show. Yeah. So that's more of a, well, let's make sure that Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn keep preparing for both guys. Cause if we don't put them out here on Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, then they're not going to spend any time at all on it. So mm. that would be my take. Tommy Kern of NBC sports, Boston here with Gresh and Keith. Uh, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey. Do you think there's some smoke fire to teams now either maybe uh, taking on a guy like McCaffrey or the Carolina Panthers just saying, we're open for business. You like a player, make us an offer. Yeah, I think Carolina ought to do that, you know, especially with, you know, you don't want to empty out the stadium and not have fans. But, I, you know, you guys have done a good job. I think it was last week you were talking about the number of, you know, stadiums that, you know, don't work. Number of places that are just trash fan bases. Yeah. Not to say that they're that's overstating a trash fan base, but um, yeah. disengaged. I know I shouldn't say trash. So disengaged fan bases. Oh no, we agree with so, you because if they started Cam Newton today, that place would be full with a bunch of people tongue wagging there, being like, "Oh, Cam's back!" Like last year. Yeah. So if you want to reboot entirely post Matt Rule then it's probably not a good idea with Brian Burns or, um, you know, Shaq uh, Lawson or Christian McCaffrey, any of those. Sam Darnold's help. Patriots could use a backup. Brian Hoyer's not. <laughs> um, but all of those guys um, should be entertained as people that you would move on from. The uh, schedule we all knew in October was going to really lighten up, and so whether it's Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones or whoever – Detroit, Cleveland, Chicago, New York, and even Indy. Like, at the beginning of the year, you're like, oh, that might be the first tough one. No, they suck, too. So there's <laughs> five straight games where, again, they're going to be right in it, maybe even could win. I was saying to Gresh earlier or, or yesterday, it has a feeling where the defense might dominate for five games to the point where we start to say, oh, that's a great defense, it's a great defense, and then they're going to face somebody really good and they're going to get they're going to you know turn back into a pumpkin kind of like last year. Do you see that being the case or do you think that this defense is better than one that'll just feast on the bad teams? At least it is more malleable than last year's defense. You know, the defense it's that would if that did happen, Rich, that would be the third year out of four. Yeah. 19 was the same exact thing. Absolute swan dive after the 8-0 start defensively. So mm. At least they've addressed, I think, what they believe to be the reasons that they would stagnate. Because they weren't athletic enough. They weren't fast enough. So we're seeing that speed right now, but whether it carries over or not remains to be seen. But 
early on in the season last year, they even got shredded by Davis Mills. They had records set on them by the Dallas Cowboys. The only decent offense they shut down was Tampa Bay, and I think that a lot of that had to do with understanding what Brady wouldn't like to see. And they were great against the Chargers. Other than that, all of those games were against flawed teams. So I at least think that they're faster. I think they have a more balanced secondary, and we're seeing a better pass rush. So to me, I think there's a shot at being an improved defense down the stretch, which is what they have to be. Panic in Vegas right now, one and four going into the bye, or a little bit of bad luck in there? How do you read what's going on with McDaniels? I'm looking at bad luck. You know, all the games, and last night's included. Here's what's crazy about watching on social media and partaking in that conversation. It was not a one million percent horrendous idea to go for it on go to go for two when you're down thirty to twenty nine. And it was vindicated by the fact that had Devontae Adams not juggled the ball as he went out of bounds, you were in field goal range. So to me, it's been a byproduct of some bad luck. I really don't think that McDaniels has done an abhorrent job coaching that team. They aren't very disciplined, though. The amount of after the whistle crap that they're engaged in is eye-popping. Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston. I'm all by myself. Is anybody with me? No, I no. I, there's definitely some bad luck in there, but again, you know, one in four. You hated the two points. I did. I yeah, hated, I hated it. it. Made no sense to I hated me. Both of them because there was so much time left that Mahomes was going to go down and probably kick a field goal either way or score a touchdown either way. So you might as well tie it. Hope for a turnover. Hope for maybe uh, the first stop that they made in in, uh, in the second half. And if there was like a minute, thirty the lead. If you take the lead and he goes down and tries to kick a field goal and the guy misses it, as he had done earlier in the game, you win. I suppose, but there's a lot of time, so I feel like Mahomes probably would have just marched down there and probably scored a touchdown, to be honest. The, way the, the real, the real story is the Raiders' defense is not good. Yeah, they got no, two pass rushers, yeah. and they got that uh, safety who's playing up as a backer, number five, and after that, it's not they got much. nothing. Yeah. Max Crosby's a maniac. He thank is. you. Yep. For All right. Yeah. Good stuff. Very good. Goodbye, boys. Tommy, right, bye, thank you, friend. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks.